the show, the church responds, OMG, crazy in the right way, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. That's right. It's time for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. This is episode 379. I'm Kathleen Lee. Joining me this week are Olivia Galino, Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hello, Olivia. Hello. Hi. We have our guest host this week, Mr. Jason Romero, who is the Christian Formation Director at Our Lady of Mercy Church here in Baton Rouge. Good to have you. It's good to be with you, Kathleen. So good to be back. Yeah, good to be back. We'll talk about that in just a minute, right? <laughs> Up in space, we have one Mr. Jeff Blackwell, Technical Director of the CU and Commandant of the Jeff Star One Near-Earth Orbit Satellite. I'm reporting for duty, Captain Kathleen. Hello. Oh, I like that. I like the ring. The, I like that. Mm-hmm. And you left out Olivia's an official door opener, too. So oh, yes. We'll, we'll Olivia is later. the official door opener. <laughs> I'm going to need y'all to just... Mm. Yes, indeed. And then, of course, in the ball pit, we have Ed Ball, our Video Director. Everything you see on the screen, it's all because of him. (laughs) We're so glad to have him. Okay, Jason, welcome back. This is your first time to the Catholic Underground. It is. Yes. uh, Me and you, Kathleen, did a show way back when. I feel like I was probably 15 at the time. Yeah. (laughs) And before before all the the kids that I had. So that was a long time ago. I asked him today. I was like, Jason... (laughs) How many kids you got now? I mean, you got five kids now. Five kids. That's yeah, right. I think five last... Earth children. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, so yeah. Catholic Community Radio had been around for maybe like a year. It was very way back in the beginning, yeah. Yeah, and I get sure. a call from from Jason, and he's like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this uh, <laughs> this youth show. I don't know. Like, it's going to be, I don't know. And so I was like, I don't have any experience with radio. Sure. I'll jump right <laughs> in. Sign right. me up. Yeah. And so Jason and I go way back, um, you know, Thank, super thankful. I don't think I don't know that I would be here if I hadn't had done the way home. You're, wel- you're welcome, Kathleen. Thank are those you. in the archives somewhere? <laughs> yes, yeah. they are. Yeah. They are somewhere. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are. Didn't. That's my pick of the week. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. As you know, Father Chris Decker and Father Ryan Humphreys um, are two are two leaders. Man, they are they are literally hoofing it. Yeah. On the Camino. Um, if you haven't kept up with their with their journey, or you want to. Um, their websites, they're, they're doing an excellent job. I know they're blogging a lot more than I thought that they yeah. would, especially father Chris. Cause he was kind of like, I'm going to do a first couple of posts before we actually start on the Camino. Yeah. And then who knows, but he's been like every day, every other day yeah. putting something up there. So oh, yeah. And yeah. it's definitely in his, it's so, it's so great to read cause it's definitely in his language and, mm-hmm. and I could just see him sitting in a little like bunk bed typing <laughs> away. Yeah, so you can check them out at father, uh, father, Chris and that's, yeah father spelled out mm-hmm. or frhumphreys.com um and they they are pray for them yes they are uh feeling it in their feet their feet <laughs> and their tendons i think are mm-hmm. they're feeling it so it's got quite a ways to go so. yeah i asked them i you know we've been texting a little bit back and forth i said how much longer he said oh something like 200 miles <laughs> like, wow. no big deal everything's fine yes mm. yes 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 and we certainly have been missing here missing him here at the at the underground um mm-hmm. especially you know, as we as we move into this this first thing, we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, as we face this time in our church, we are certainly well aware here, and, and most of our listeners are well aware too, that there have been some tragic and and um, disturbing allegations that have come out against the church 
um, and our priests over the past few weeks. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and with that comes a lot of hurt and confusion. There's sadness. There's questions, um, you know, among, among those of us who work in the church, among um, the, the lay faithful, among the, you know, our, our priests, our deacons, our bishops, um, our religious. Um, but first and foremost, we have to acknowledge this hurt and this pain um, in the victims, mm -hmm. right, who have, who have come, come forward. Uh, the courage of these people to come forward and shed light on this unimaginable pain um, is something that we should be thankful for, I think, you know, in, mm -hmm. my, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, that they had the courage to, to, to bring this to the light. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, dis in discussions that I've been having with people, you know, over the past couple of weeks, uh, you know, we, we've talked about how um, it's like a wound, right? And you, if something, if you have a wound, you first gotta, gotta dig out all the bad stuff, right? And it hurts and it's, it's painful, um, right? But then only, only then can we heal. And now is certainly a time for healing. And while there are a lot of good uh, responses from people, both religious um, and laity, uh, we at the Catholic Underground wanted to just give you some suggestions on what we can do to navigate uh, through this time of, of hardship and pain in our church. And this is not a, a, a all-inclusive comprehensive list. And some of this has been said by, uh, by leaders in our church already. Um, but we wanted to just give you, our listeners and our, our watchers, our audience, uh, just some suggestions. Um, because we, I mean, we all work in the church here. And um, when we're going through the same, you know, questions and same um, hurt and pain, um, and so, so some of this, you know, as I was, as I was putting together this list, because, you know, we love our list here at the mm -hmm. Catholic Underground, um, you know, some of these things are things that I myself need to put into practice. So number one, first and foremost, I think that you, we have to remember who we have faith in, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't put my faith in, in men and in human beings, right, in men or women, um, because they will inevitably fail us, right? We are all human beings. Right? And so we have to remember that I'm Catholic because I believe in, in Jesus Christ, right? and I believe in God. I believe in God who's not going to fail me. Um, right? And so that's number one. Um, number two, pick a day of fasting and penance. Right? First, fast for the victims. Right? Fast for the faithful. Fast um, for the conversion and healing, and this might be a little bit difficult to, mm -hmm. to hear, but for the conversion and healing of the priests involved. Mm -hmm. Right? They are human beings, and, and we need to be praying for them and for their, their healing as well, right? Return to the sacrament of, of reconciliation, right? It's a good time to look at ourselves and see where do we need to be cleansed as well. Mm -hmm. right? I'm praying, too, for all of the priests who are, you know, quite literally blameless, yeah. but who still bear the brunt of, of these accusations. I remember Father Chris telling me one time um, that there's suspicion on you uh, as a priest, you know, even years after the initial kind yeah. of sweep of allegations, um, so much so that, that you just, you constantly live with that, with other yeah. people's eyes on you yeah. um, and, and how that can be a burden to bear. So just praying for those priests too. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads to our next thing, pray uh, um, a rosary or a novena or Hail Mary on Our Father, something mm -hmm. um, for a priest, a bishop, a deacon, a seminarian mm -hmm. that you know, right? And most importantly, let him know that you're praying for him. You know, in the past couple of weeks, certain priests have come to my own mind when I've, I've said a little prayer for him and then just shot him a text. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you today. They need to know that we as the faithful um, are, praying, are praying for them, 
you're right because like they they you know i, I was watching a, a video by uh, father mike schmitz mm. and he talked about how um the day he was ordained a deacon um he went out to eat with his family and some some people made comments about him mm. um and and he struggled with that to his face right mm-hmm. and so um so yeah uh, number three make a holy i mean number four uh, make a holy hour of reparation right spend some time in adoration of our lord I love this time, you know, adoration for me has always been a time of, of going and just sitting with, with the Lord. And I used to think that I, you know, I was telling some kids the other day at a retreat that I would bring in this bag of like holy things, you know, mm-hmm. holy spiritual readings. And I probably had like four or five rosaries just in case mm-hmm. I needed more than one. What? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. But as I, as I, as I continued to go more and more, it was more just a real conversation with the Lord. Right. This is the opportunity to bring your questions, your hurt, your pain mm-hmm. um, to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what do you want from me? Show me, you know, what this means or just let me be in here and, and, and cry. Right. Let me be in mm-hmm. here and and you hold me, you know, mm-hmm. um, this idea of just being close and drawing close to the Lord. Uh, number five, organize a spiritual bouquet for your pastor. Right. I love doing stuff like we did this um, for a, a co-worker of mine who was sick and we, I taught at all girls school. So we actually made like cut out flowers and it was super cute. But everybody, <laughs> you know, yep, sounds every, right. Yeah. You know, well, it was nice. Um, and everybody, but everybody wrote on the like on the flowers. This is something that I want to do for you. Yeah. And I commit myself to to for you. Um, again, our especially our pastors who are leaders, our bishops. Mm-hmm. Um they need to know that we're we're behind them yeah, um, and we're with them. And kind of on that same note and related to what you are talking about earlier about fasting, I had a friend in college who used to do, um, she called it a sacrifice jar for people. Yeah. So she would pray for people and it could be like, we're talking about years of, of praying for people, but whenever she made a sacrifice for them, she would just write it on a slip of paper and she would stick it in a jar. Yeah. And then she would, I remember she used to say that, um, she's now a nun, but she used to say that, um, which is not to say that you can't do it if you, anyway. yeah. but, um, yeah. but she, used to say that um that the lord would tell her when it was time to give it to the person yeah to like however long she needed to fast oh, for this person wow. um and wow. so sometimes it would yeah. be like two years where she would just collect sacrifices and then eventually she would give it to them yeah. um and like how i don't know how flooring is that to get a jar of of all the sacrifices yeah. someone has made mm-hmm. for you all the prayers mm-hmm. that someone has prayed for you wow it's that's incredible. beautiful yeah um number six and i think this one is is super important make a pilgrimage to your cathedral for mass or prayer mm. The idea behind this, um, you know, is to gather together, come together as church. You know, at a time like this, I think the faithful um, are like, oh, yeah, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> done with this. Like, we're like Peter. I didn't know the man. I don't know Jesus, right? I'm not a Catholic. Um, and that's not the first thing that we, that we offer to people that we meet. Right? But you think about times of tragedy in your own family, and what do you do? You gather together as a family, at somebody's house, around the table. Um, and so go to Mass. Go to your parish. Go to to um, to the source and summit of our faith, right? Um, and to receive the Eucharist. I mean, you could do this at your at your home parish. Um, and you could do this uh, at your cathedral. Um, you know, anywhere that you just gather together with with your family, with your Catholic family. Um, and then number seven, um, I added this one in. I made it up, but uh, I think it's important to remember the beauty of your Catholic faith. What is it that you love about being Catholic? Because you know, it's easy when, um, when the parts that we don't want to look at and the parts that are, are, we're ashamed of are smeared across the headlines. Um, it's easy to forget what is beautiful about our faith, what is beautiful about our priesthood, 
Um, you know, what is beautiful about being Catholic? Um, what are those prayers that, that you love to, to pray and that you find solace and comfort in? Go back to those prayers, right? Go back to those, um, those readings in scripture, right? What is beautiful about, you know, about, about your life as a Catholic? And, uh, you know, Jason, I know that you work in a parish here in Baton Rouge, and a lot of parishes and dioceses across, you know, the United States are, are, are coming together to do things as a community. Is there anything going on at, at Mercy or? You know, I think uh, you just kind of mentioned it in the, in the list. Um, <clears throat> I had a conversation with someone this morning um, who, at, you know, after Mass, um, who was kind of, you know, with just, I guess you can call it the summer. Um, yeah. I guess we can call it kind of the summer of scandal in the yeah. church um, that kind of just, you know, opened a lot of fresh wounds. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are, are, you know, a lot of faithful Catholics are kind of just struggling with what do I do as a faithful Catholic? And so I had a, um, a conversation with somebody this morning after Mass um, who was kind of troubled and kind of confused. Um, and I think, um, obviously, uh, at the, the, the parish I work, Our Lady of Mercy, we have a um, perpetual adoration yeah. chapel. Um, and so um, the, everybody's definitely been encouraged to, like, like you just read in the list, to, um, to visit the Blessed Sacrament and um, to, to make a holy hour, right? Yeah. That, that's one of the things that we've definitely been pushing is for um, people that normally don't make a holy hour um, to visit our beautiful chapel that's just been... Um, yeah. um, um, kind of update a little bit, and we've it's it's very very beautiful chapel. Um, but for people to visit the Blessed Sacrament and to go to Mass and go to confession and and offer, like you just mentioned, um, our prayers in unison yeah. with the with the whole church for sure. Yeah, you know Father Mike Smith, um, he works for Ascension Press, great speaker, um, and he usually puts out videos usually aimed towards our youth, and he put out a beautiful video. It's about 16 minutes. You can find it on Facebook, and we'll put the link. Um, in our in our show notes but what I think the theme of all this is he summed up very very beautifully at the end of his video he said don't leave mm. don't leave right when when you're tempted to throw your hands up in the air and say this is too much yeah. um, that is the time to lean into your faith right go back to that number one thing we talked about remember who you have faith in right our Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. God of the universe right and don't leave because he doesn't leave us. And even in this time when we can't see past, you know, the struggle and the pain and the hurt and the confusion, he's not going to leave us. So, um, so just lean in. We're here for you here at the Catholic Underground. Um, don't leave the church. And also, don't leave us here at the Catholic Underground because we are here with you. That's right. You're listening to the Catholic Underground. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I am Kathleen Lee. We have Jeff Blackwell up in space. Roger Down that. here on Earth. We're with Olivia Galino. Jason Romero is our Woo. guest host. Right. Our pick of the weeks are coming up. But first, I don't know. I did mention this in the first segment. I did work at an all-girls school. Mm -hmm. And that has been the majority of uh, my life has been working at all-girls school. So the phrase... OMG is like OMG. totally everything OMG. that the girls say all the time. OMG. Those are also yeah. fun fact my initials. Oh, yeah, they are. They Those are, are my initials. OM Galeno. But, anyways, so we kind of throw this around this, this phrase OMG. We text it all the time. Um, but, Jason, it may not be the best. 
thing, the best phrase to use, the best exclamation? That's right, um, Kathleen. So Pope Francis, um, in his weekly audiences, um, has been kind of looking back over the the Ten Commandments. And uh, recently he was touching on the second commandment, second commandment, which for all, for everybody knows, that's the uh, commandment to not take the Lord's name in vain. Um, and I think, uh, especially in our culture, we have a habit of using the name of the Lord in vain. Like we just, uh, you know, Kathleen just mentioned yeah. it. Um, we sometimes say, oh my God, or just, you know, just we use that or mm-hmm. um, the phrase Jesus Christ in yeah. a sense mm-hmm. of, man, I, you know, I didn't mean to do that or, or kind of a, as a shock or yeah. surprise. Mm-hmm. And I had um, a professor uh, once told me that when, whenever we um, use the name of God or Jesus Christ not in prayer, right? We're essentially kind of tearing God's name out of the heavens and kind of throwing it down to, to the to the earth and trampling it. Yeah. And so um, Pope Francis in his um, in his weekly audiences has really wanted to, to go back and look at the the Ten Commandments. So in focusing on the second commandment, which is not taking the Lord's name in vain, he kind of goes back and wants to kind of show us and tell us what what the commandment actually means uh, for us as Catholics in our daily life. Um, And it's much more richer than a lot of times we think about not taking the Lord's name in vain because as Christians and as Catholics, we know that, first of all, when we make the sign of the cross, right, we say in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're um, We're essentially... saying that we are, we're adding ourselves to the name of God. We're, we're kind of calling ourselves, we are in the communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's right. obviously the, you know, the, the church fathers and everybody. So that's kind of the shortest prayer that you can say, right? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Pope Francis, uh, in his weekly audiences, was saying that we, when we, to take the name of the Lord is something that's not very, we shouldn't take that very lightly. Whenever we say the name of the Lord, um, whenever we speak about the name of the Lord, it should be in, obviously with reverence, but sure, also yeah. um, with prayer as well. And so, mm-hmm. um, and he draws kind of a, um, when he's, in his audience, he talked about the fact that when we're baptized, the priest or the deacon baptizes us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we become adopted, an adopted son or an adopted daughter of, of Christ, right? We are born into yeah. um, God's family. We take on the name of God. And, and in our um, church and in our theology, that's not something to be taken lightly. So whenever we, you know, stub our toe um, or, um, you know, do something that we are uh, ashamed of or anything like that, we just throw away, you know, the name of God. We're, we're, we're just throwing away the name that, you know, it, that uh, St. Paul says, Jesus Christ, the name at which every knee shall bend, right? Yeah. Such a holy name. Um, Pope Francis also draws attention to the, in the Old Testament, um, the fact that in the Old Testament, only the high priest once a year on the Day of Atonement could utter the name of God, yeah. right? And how holy that was. And um, there's a, a, you know, there's kind of rabbinical traditions that say that even on that Day of Atonement, that um, 
that the high priest, when he was going into the, the tabernacle or going into the temple, that they would tie a rope to him in yes. case mm-hmm. he was struck down, mm-hmm. right, for just simply uttering the name of God so they yeah. could pull him out <laughs> with the rope. That's how seriously in the Old Testament uh, the, the Jews took saying the name of God. and yeah, That's my I, favorite part. Of that is, <laughs> that's like my favorite part to tell, like to tell kids about. I'm like, mm-hmm. then they tied a rope around his waist in case he died. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, y'all, that's how serious it was. Mm-hmm. But that like, yeah, young, like I, not only young people, but that's just who I work with. But, but people today have no, no, mm-hmm. con- like they just have no context of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, was, I think I may have mentioned this. I was, I was watching, um, I was watching TV and I had it on subtitles mm-hmm. because Amen. like, yeah, you know, and so um, I had it on subtitles and they, in, in the phrase was, oh my God. And they mm-hmm. had not capitalized God. Mm-hmm. Not, and it was like, and it wasn't like those cheapo, you know, subtitles where you're like, <laughs> yeah, who is doing this? <laughs> right. It was like legit subtitles. And I was like, yeah, this is, this where, is, where, we where, we are. is where we are. This is where we are. And so, you know, in our culture, uh, it's, it's become just so kind of commonplace mm-hmm. to just throw away the name of God or just, to just use Jesus Christ, just throwing it around. Um, but in um, in Pope Francis's audience uh, last week, what he wanted to draw the fact that the second commandment to not take the Lord's name in vain is is much more uh, it's much more rich than simply you know don't use the name the, the name of the Lord in vain, but it's actually kind of um, something that we should strive for is whenever we take on the name of the Lord, um, that it should be again for prayer, that it should be, um, for, um, for praising or glorifying God and, and, and how names mean something. So we can all know, um, in the old Testament and even in the new Testament, whenever, um, whenever God changes somebody's uh, role or he changes their mission, he also changes their name. So especially yeah. in the Old Testament, um, even in the, in, in the the early church, a name really meant something. And so I think the challenge, and Kathleen, you talked about young people, but the, the challenge in today's um, society is to not take the, the name of the Lord God in vain. Um, you know, I, Kathleen, you mentioned I have uh, five small children yeah. uh, running around, uh, so it's a lot. A lot of times, it's um, it's crazy uh, in <laughs> in the Romero house. Um, but one of the things that me and my wife have taught um, our children from um, an early age is to not say the you know we don't say oh you know oh yeah. my God we don't yeah. we don't say that we we try not even to say oh my gosh yeah. just because it, again it's a slippery yeah. slope well, there's um, been discussion about like well, what do you really mean mm-hmm. right you know you could right. say that but like what you know what do you right. really mean yeah yeah um, and so um, with teaching them the fact that not to use a name it, it kind of teaches them at an early age that God's name is is for the heavens, mm-hmm. right? God's name is in the heavens, and we should not drag it down to yeah. be trampled on. But we should, whenever we say the name of God, whenever we say the name of Jesus, we should treat it just like the Israelites and even um, the, the the early Christians, as to say it only when we're really calling out to God, when when, when we're trying to again be in communion with Him, and not to um, to drag His da- His name um, sure. yeah. out of the heavens. Um, and so, again, the Pope, in going through the Ten Commandments, drawing attention to how rich the name of uh, the name of God, the name of Jesus is, and um, to 
to uh, connect it with our faith, to connect it to baptism, but also uh, our faith in that we are coming into communion with God. And that's what we're striving for yeah. uh, whenever we say the very name of God. Yeah. Yeah. I know, um, you know, maybe you could, this is what I was, the whole time you were talking, I was thinking, <laughs> uh, maybe you should when, uh, like, I don't know, like maybe you should tell your, how, how old is your oldest? My oldest is eight. Okay, she's yeah. In, so in, definitely time grade. for her to yeah. learn some Old Testament. Like, yeah. Sure, yes. Yeah, so, so you should tell her. You know what happens. <laughs> you know what happens when you use the name of our Lord. Just start yeah. with the Shema. Like, teach it to her in Hebrew, yeah. and then she'll know. Yeah. Well, okay, so just uh, uh, this is just a uh, little humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love um, it, love it. <laughs> um, I... Uh, a couple of years ago, I was interested in, in learning Greek. So yeah. I have a bunch of uh, Greek. I love where this is going. <laughs> I have a bunch of uh, Greek. Nerd. Nerd. Go ahead. I mean, totally yes, understand. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so in, I have a, my kind of my flashcards from, you know, learning the Greek alphabet, l- learning the words in Greek. Yeah. And um, my oldest daughter, you know, she saw it. So every once in a while, she's like, Dad, can I, uh, can I take out, can I, can I learn some Greek? And so, oh so sometimes we clone her. Sometimes we do the flashcards, and I'm just thinking to myself, "Self, what is happening? <laughs> my my eight year old is interested in Greek, um, but it all goes back to the New Testament, right? The yeah. New Testament, really learning what Jesus and the apostles are actually saying in the um, in the New Testament, mm-hmm. um, and to to kind of get the again because words mean something, names mean something, to kind of um, draw it back a little bit, how important it is that the name of God and to really appreciate that um, and really keep the, the name of God, from, again, like I mentioned earlier, in the heavens. And I think yeah. that's so important. Yeah, That's even why we do like the divine praises during yeah. benediction, uh, like blessed be God, blessed be his holy name, blessed be the name of Jesus. Like you go through the list and it's not just, it's God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but it's also Mary. It's also Joseph. It's the angels. Um, so we, we kind of take a moment to, like you were saying earlier, like make reparation for the times that we ourselves and other people have, have done an atrocity to the name yeah. of God. Yeah. There's a, there's a worship song. Jason, I know you. Play a little, little <laughs> praise and worship, little P dubs, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a worship song out I, I write not out right now called um, "What a Beautiful Name," mm-hmm. and like when you listen to it, like yeah, what a what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus, mm. and the, and you're right, the power that it has, um, you know that, um, you know, and it, I'm thinking right now just about the when when uh, Peter walks on water. Right. And, and he starts to sink. And what does he do? He doesn't just say, hey, Andrew. Right. He says he it says he cries out, Lord, save me, mm-hmm. Lord, the name of the Lord. Right. And so um, so down here in the south, names are important. That's what we name. We have like, you know, Jason Romero, the, the eighth. Right. <laughs> we have we go all the way down the line. And, and so we need to return that to the idea of, of what is the most important name? What is the name that we cry out to? Uh, Well, our name is the Catholic Underground. You are here, and we will be right back. A prayer for vocations. Oh, God who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, 
Grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, St. Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground with me, Kathleen Lee, joined by Olivia Galino, Mr. Jason Romero, and Jeff Blackwell up in space. Hello up there. Hello down there. <laughs> Everything's good here. I mean, yes, it's indeed. Maybe it's cold outside. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Our picks of the week are coming up, but first, the Beatles wrote a song about it. Did you know this? I want to hold your hand. I don't no. know. No. You don't know? You're. <laughs> Prudence, Prudence. They wrote about Prudence. Did they? Yeah. Oh. Hey, so, oh, oh, oh. Um, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of the Beatles. Yeah. And that's What's our up? show, people. That <laughs> is our show. Good day. Good day. I'm I out of here. I said it in a quiet voice. Just let me go. What's well, that's up? crazy. And we want to be crazy in the right way. So, um, <laughs> Olivia, there it is. Now Kathleen's mad. I'm, I'm mad. Sorry. I'm out of here. Goodbye. I love the Bee Gees. Uh, that's close. Real close. Aretha. Goodbye. Sam Cooke. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, we, we hear a lot about virtues, um, especially in the past few years. I've noticed that a lot of people are talking about virtue. And I think that's awesome um, because we're starting to understand not only what they are, but why they're important to our lives. Because I don't know when I, when I was growing up that I never really heard about the virtues yeah. except for like faith, hope and love. I had to those are the big ones test, yeah right yeah, yeah yeah like you get into seventh grade theology mm-hmm. and you're like you're memorizing maybe the cardinal virtues maybe they might have been on a poster on the wall right mm-hmm. might have that was never referenced throughout <laughs> the whole year <laughs> but you know, looked at it because like, oh, yeah. you got bored oh yeah but um <laughs> but when we're talking about what the virtues actually are i was in college um my first moral theology class before i really delved into what a virtue is um and the same with some of my philosophy classes and like in ethics you're reading about like okay philosophically speaking what's a virtue um but one of the ones that we hear a lot about and that i think that we don't particularly understand as well as we could is prudence um and i think that it's a word that gets bandied about you know like oh well that's that wasn't a very prudent thing for me to do or what would be the most prudent you know job for me to take or it, it, we hear that word a lot but do we actually understand what it means um because in fact prudence is called the mother or the queen of the virtues Ooh. it's the queen of the virtues so we got to understand this one we're going to understand anything else right Um, And it's often taken to mean being too cautious or too careful. Like when someone says, oh, well, that wasn't a very prudent thing to do. They're usually talking to someone who just like went headfirst off the diving board. You know, like they're 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 meaning it to say, well, it wasn't a very cautious thing to do. You weren't being very careful Mm -hmm. Um, when in fact virtue uh, prudence is the virtue that disposes our practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and then chooses the right means of achieving it. So Aquinas calls it the wisdom concerning human affairs um, or right reason with respect to action. So it kind of, it rides both horses of of reason, our intellect and our will, the thing that puts our intellect into action. Um, Prudence is both of those. Um, And I think that, uh, I could be wrong, but I think that Aquinas even says that it's an intellectual and a practical virtue, speculative virtue, anyway. but what that means is that when we're talking about prudence is that sometimes it calls for, for caution, but sometimes it calls for bravery too. Sometimes the most prudent thing is to be brave. Um, and so as an example, 
you know, you might meet a, a firefighter or a fireman who um, who says that when he started out, the older firemen or the more experienced ones in the in the in the house would say, you know, we don't want any heroes around here. So what are they trying to say? They're saying, well, obviously, yes, you need to be a hero because otherwise you shouldn't be here. But they don't mean go running into a burning building without a partner, without your equipment on, without right. your suit. You know, they're, they're saying don't be foolish um, because what's going to happen? You're likely going to get yourself killed. You might hurt others or put others in harm's way or, um, you know, make, make it necessary for someone else to have to rescue you, those kinds of things. Um, so it's crazy to run into a burning building. But you have to be crazy in the right way if you're called to do that. So a fireman, that, that's what their job is. Their job is to run into a burning building, right? But they're, they, they're going to be crazy in doing that, but they're going to do it in the right way. They're not going to do it unprepared. They're yeah. going to do it in the right way. And so that's kind of what prudence is. Um, it's being crazy in the right way. Um, and that's what courage is. It's doing the right thing at the right time for the right way, in the right way for the right reason. Hmm. Um, and so prudence is that intellectual virtue that, allows you to determine like the mean between the extremes and that's what virtue is just bar none like if you if you look at like what Aristotle defines as virtue he says it's the virtue uh the virtue is the mean according to the person so the mean between what between two extremes the mean being like the the middle ground so uh in let's say like you can be really brazen, like someone who would just run into a burning building without any thought for safety or, or the lives of themselves or other people, or you could be cowardly. You could be the person who runs away or the person who's kind of sits in a corner and doesn't do anything or doesn't call for help. Yeah. Um, but the middle ground is where we find ourselves and that changes depending on the person because you know, someone, a firefighter, I, I'm going to say, has more courage than I do. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, I mean, I mean, so, yeah, for me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say yeah for you. No, I mean, like, <laughs> preach it. That is true for me. Um, because, I mean, they necessarily, by virtue of their vocation and the things that they've chosen to do with their life, they sure. have more courage and they're, they're putting it to use in a, in a way that's, that's, that's good and holy. Um, but I don't have that amount of courage, which is why I work a desk job. <laughs> um, but, it, and it's not to say that I'm defective in courage because there are different areas in my life and in Kathleen's life and Jason's life where we, we show courage, but it's different. It's not the same for every person. That's good because we are all unique and unrepeatable and God means to, to develop our virtue, uh, in particular ways that's unique and different from other people. So... Should you run into a burning building to save a person trapped inside? All right, well, let's look at the circumstances. If you are maybe an 80-year-old woman and the person inside you know is maybe like 300, 400 pounds, probably not. That's yeah. probably not the most prudent means of acting because what's going to happen? You're only going to put yourself in danger uh, and, and we're going to have double the problem than, than we had initially. Um, however, if you are maybe like someone who was on a college football team and you're, you know, particularly muscular or, you know, blessed in that way, um, and maybe you have some training as a volunteer fireman, all right, maybe, maybe. And again, it depends on the person because there might be something else that you're called to do in that moment um, that is an act of courage, but it's not necessarily being the one to charge into the building. Um, so this classic idea of prudence, it's often um, unpopular, especially in we live in this world of like, I don't know. I feel like relativism is the word that, that triggers people. Yeah. Um, and people love to point it out. They're like, no, that's relativistic. And it's like, all right, 
maybe yeah maybe what someone is saying is relativistic yeah. but we got to be real that like not everything is going to be black and white and i feel like even saying that is going to like get me some hate mail yeah. but like not everything is 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 black and white oh, we wait, olivia at catholic underground <laughs> yeah right what's up <laughs> But, but for real though, like, um, I, I, one of my professors in grad school talked about virtue and the virtuous life is it's not living in the gray, it's living in color. So when we, when we get ourselves beyond the black and white, then we can start to put flesh on our lives. Um, that's what virtue is. It's, it's putting flesh on the law. It's putting flesh on, on the commandments. It's putting flesh on those things that, that ground our, our being, but but we need to we need to transcend. We need to build, um, and so when we live in in virtue and we cultivate virtue, well, then we're adding color to our lives. We're adding depth. We're adding texture, and we need those things if we're going to live creative lives. If we're going to be who we're called to be, and so when we start talking about like yes, there is such a thing as moral relativism. There's such a thing as proportionalism. There's there's all these things that we don't necessarily agree with um, because they have we have issues with them. Um, but when when rural moralists have trouble with what they see as relativism in prudence, I think we're just forgetting what virtue really is because sure. virtue is the mean according to the person. Yeah. Um, and the, each person is going to be in different circumstances, which is going to require an exercise of a different virtue um, and in a different amount um, because every person is different, every circumstance is different, which is not to say that the virtues themselves aren't real, aren't important. Yeah. Um, but we have to always take that into account or else we're just... We're, we're legalists. We're people who become like the Pharisees, um, and and we weren't. We're not going to save people uh, from dying or from drowning or from from being burned alive in a building because it's the Sabbath. You know, right. we become those people yeah. who who are enslaved to the rules instead of being freed by virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question for these kinds of moralists is not merely what I should do, but what should everyone or anyone do in any situation? And that's, that's kind of like the question of ethics is like, okay, well, can we, can we drill down to an absolute? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, that's how, that's how we have the, the commandments. These are the things that, that, that rule our lives. These are the things that they're not imposed on us. They're, they're cultivated from within. They're discovered, they're unearthed in our very nature. Um, but we could try to formulate more rules to cover special situations. Like, Okay, yeah, you should jump in and save this person um, from drowning, unless you don't know how to swim. In yeah. which case, not a great idea. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, or what if there's a, a terrible storm, like a hurricane? You should jump in and save him, unless you can't swim, or unless there's a terrible storm. Um, again, we have to look at the situation. Yeah. Um, and there's simply not a way of enunciating enough rules to cover every eventuality. So it comes down to prudence again. Prudence is that thing that, uh, that virtue that, that comes into a situation and it's your reason finding a bridge between, or it's, 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 it's the virtue that finds a bridge between reason and action. Um, because sometimes those things can be, um, I don't know, there can seem to be like a chasm between them, like, well, I know what is the right thing to do, or I know what I maybe should do, and here's what, here's the options I have in front of me, and I just don't see a way of making those things cohere, of making those things cohesive. Yeah. Well, prudence is the thing that, that helps you build that bridge and helps you find a way to put something into action that's going to make sense for you, that's going to make sense for the situation. Um, and so this will seem like to some people, um, like situational ethics or moral relativism. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
they're generally not the people who are going to be pleased with the, the classical definitions of prudence anyway, um, because of its insistence that the mean, um, their insistence, excuse me, that the mean is an objective measure, and it's not. Remember, um, what's the what's the virtue for for me um, of courage or of I don't even know friendship of hospitality like what what the virtue is for me of those things is not the same as it is for Kathleen that's not a bad thing that's that's a wonderful thing because Kathleen and I are two different people yeah. Yeah, um, that is true and that is true we can affirm that here on the Catholic <laughs> underground you think all right <laughs> <laughs> That's why Kathleen is so much better than I am no. at picking picks of the week. What's up? Okay, maybe. Uh, yeah, for true. In the words of John Christ, for sure, yes. For sure. For sure. Shade. All right. Um, anyway. So prudence, um, it's, it's not like these modern views of conscience where um, we kind of encourage people to just like, do what's right for you. Like, whatever you feel, that's what you should do. No, that's not what prudence yeah. is because yeah. prudence is still reason being engaged and looking at a situation um, and finding a way to act that's going to be virtuous. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> Before I run away with myself, I was um, I was gonna say with with the uh, virtue of prudence. Um, what would you say about uh, in our culture people exercising prudence when it comes to how do they how they speak to one another? Oh gosh, what wouldn't I say? <laughs> what would you say? Or, sh- first or, of all? or maybe I should say that. Um, at least I guess you didn't pick up the drift where I was going with that anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, in exercising prudence. Um, and how people speak to one another. Um, I guess, you know, people are not, I guess what I'm saying is people, especially in this day and age, maybe should exercise prudence more Mm -hmm. when speaking to one another or kind of speaking to each other in um, non, um, you know, my brain just going blank right now, but non, uh, and not a good way, I guess Mm -hmm. what you would say. Um, Instead of just, kind of in a in a fight or in a, in a debate or whatever it might be say hmm even yeah. though this what i'm saying is true yeah should i say this thing right now is right. this the best time yeah. to say or, or here's a better example um to kind of air out dirty laundry yeah. in front of everybody mm-hmm. or like you know for instance in the workplace or to a more prudent thing to do would be to pull the person aside yeah. in a private setting yeah. and say Look here, we know we need to talk about, and I think people, especially in the workplace or just people in general, um, in this day and age, could exercise prudence and Mm -hmm. kind of to go to your point. Oh yeah, 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 that's a great example. Yeah, like when I, I mean, I, I um, am a product of all girls school. (laughs) (laughs) Are you? Are you? Yes, I am. (laughs) And and something that I, you know, that I, um, to be honest with you, I'm not. uh, I don't say this to to be. It's not something I'm proud of, uh, but I. When I was in high school, I used to be I used to be the best girl fighter ever because oh and, gosh, I, and I, I say that in the way that girls fight. Because did you have of, your own fight club or no? No, I mean I did try to like girl make, fight club yeah, was different, yeah. Jason. <laughs> but I'm not talking about like like but I'm talking about the way I knew how to I could mm-hmm. you know in a sense destroy you with what I was saying and mm-hmm. who I was saying it to, you know. And the idea was like, oh yeah, well fill in the blank with whatever mm-hmm. I know about you, I've heard about you in anger and hurt. I'm going to hurt you more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I mean, I think, you know, when it comes to emotions and when it comes to getting fired up and anger and hurt, like there's a lot of things that we need to remember about prudence, mm-hmm. you know, about how we, how we talk to each other and, and what we say and 
um, you know, just in general. I think there's a lot of, uh, as an adult, like I'm, I am a, a joker. I joke with people all the time. And um, that's the way that I know that we're friends. Mm-hmm. But but even in some relationships, like the things that we joke about, I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Right? Uh, we need to bring it back. Or like, you know, there's there's pr- there has to be prudence in the way that we interact as well. Yeah. And, as it, and, and also, like, what I was thinking about is I'm an external processor. So some people think about things in their brain. I think about them out loud with other people. And so even that, like, I had to, I've I learned. No reference points for what that's like. <laughs> you, yeah, because you are very, like, you, that's, that's good that you're an internal processor because sometimes I get in trouble because I don't, I don't use prudence. Mm-hmm. And it just spills out my mouth before I can even think about what it is that I'm thinking about, you know. Um, yeah, so I think definitely in the way that we, we talk to each other. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think that you bring up something too, that like there's an objectivity to it. Like you have a certain gift or like there, maybe there is a certain something that I have to say to this person. That's just, you know, it obtains in reality. We can call it true. Um, but there's a time and a place for it. And in front of 300 people and with, you know, mic'd sound system is probably not the best place, you know, we, Um, I have to exercise a lot of prudence here because there's a lot of times for external processor and I'm like, Oh, there's a, Hello, audience. <laughs> I mean, I can I can sympathize with that because there are times when I'm I'm speaking through something and I'll yeah. just start the speaking or, or talking my way through an idea and then I'll get somewhere and I'm like, that wasn't relevant. So sorry. <laughs> I was my also, bad. I was also going to say uh, using prudence when it comes to, I think one of the things we have lost is using prudence as it comes to social media oh, yeah. as well. Oh, my gosh. Um, you, well, yes. you were talking about how you kind of process things yeah. out loud. A lot of people not, you know, process things by hitting the sin button um, and it's out there Um, and instead of taking a time and prudently kind of okay I'm upset or I'm fired up about this or whatever it might be and I want to let the world know Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking about maybe the world doesn't want doesn't (laughs) want to know what you're thinking about so maybe just take a deep breath Mm -hmm. and don't hit sin I think I mean I in the last couple of years, just the amount of people that have gotten in trouble because something that they've yeah. posted on social media mm-hmm. bef- because they were not thinking, they were not exercising prudence. They were right. not, you know, objectively taking a step back and say, hmm, is this appropriate or sh- is this something that I should post? Right. And before thinking about that, it's just bam, there it is. Yeah. You know, Jason and I were speaking about this before the show about, you know, about our first segment about what's going on in the church now and how there's a, 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 um, a demand for the church to respond right away immediately respond mm-hmm. because we're so used to that on social media mm-hmm. yeah like something yeah. comes out and it's all over facebook or all over twitter and you know there's this demand for the for the church to respond to say something about it but you know most times beautifully the church you know exercises prudence and says let's take a real look at this mm-hmm. before we before we put something out there that we can't take back you know and I, and you're right i think i wish more people would exercise prudence on Facebook because a lot of those people I'm like unfollow. Oh yeah, you didn't unfollow me, did you? No, 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 no. She will. We're still Facebook besties. But I think too, one of the things that we forget is that so if prudence is like the queen of the virtues, it means that it it kind of not dictates. That's not the word I want to use. But um, see, external processing. There you go. Um, But it 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 
brings into play other virtues um, and, and kind of throws them at a situation. So like, you know, prudence is not only determining where and when, but also how to act or yeah. how to speak. Yeah. So, you know, there's a time and place on, you know, social media, for instance, where I can like pick up the virtue of charity and throw it into a situation. Um, and again, maybe I need to wait a week before I do that. Or mm-hmm. maybe now is the time. Prudence will help me decide yeah. that. But I still got to have charity there, too. Um, same with like temperance. Yeah. You know, I got to know like how much is appropriate. I got to know um, in just in my daily living, daily living, um, how much I need to, to partake in, to consume. Um, we talked about courage or like fortitude. Um, there's things like like magnanimity. Like, are, are you going to are you going to be called to greatness? Um, modesty, you know, like things like that. Like there, there are different virtues that that get brought into play by prudence. Um, but if our, our sense of prudence isn't developed, then we're not going to know how to engage those other virtues, too, even if they are. Um, so, yeah. So when we're talking about prudence, basically, it's the same kind of conversation or a similar conversation as conscience. We just have to be aware of what we're talking about. It's not something that's purely mental. It's not something that exists in our own mind. It's something that that is real um, and, our, and, and we can't act as if our choices are just unaffected by our appetites, our passions, our thoughts, our, our prejudices even. Right. Um, and so we have to, to do our best to, to engage the virtue of prudence, to continue cultivating it. Um, and you do that by exercising it. Um, but also Ooh, exercise, <laughs> I know, but this is fun exercise cause it's virtue. Um, but we also, you know, bringing in those moral virtues, um, bringing them into play, um, and kind of using all of the, the, the tools in our toolkit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, Jeff, I've been exercising some of that prudence and I've determined that it's time for that part of the show that we like to call the CU pick of the week. Yes, yes, indeed. All right. I think we should stick with, um, with the way we've been doing things and go to Olivia first. <laughs> yes, I Olivia. I appreciate the like, yes. twinkle in your eye as you throw it to me. Like, I know this is going to be disappointing. <laughs> no, no. You can be last next time if you want. That's you okay. tell me where you want to be. I don't know where I want to be. I don't have feelings about this anymore except for just like <laughs> just appreciation that I don't have to go after you. Um, okay. <laughs> My pick of the week is something that I picked up at Home Goods. I want to say recently, um, and it's one of those like percolators that like old Italian people use. What a um, hipster! They still make just those. Just let me get through it. <laughs> they still make it. Yeah, oh. and it's the kind of thing. And I should have brought it, but it was dirty. Um, it's the kind of thing where you like screw on the bottom, um, uh-huh. and and it'll like it whistles like a tea kettle when it's yeah. done. Oh, yeah, so you yeah. put the water in, you put the grounds in, and then it just evaporates into coffee. Um, nice. But the reason it's my pick of the week is I bought it because it was you know it was Home Goods is cheap and and I was there and that's about all that it took to for it to make its way into my cart um and then I brought it home and I made coffee with it and it was delicious like it was such good coffee um even though it took a little while it's kind of like making tea that you gotta wait on it it takes about 10 minutes for it to to fully brew um but it was incredible it was really good and I also you can can use espresso beans with it or espresso grounds if you want to do like at home cappuccino kind of thing so that's my pick of the week Nice. Yeah. And before Mr. Coffee, that was really the only way you could make right? coffee. Yeah. Yeah, so. so I've heard. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Either boil water and pour it through the filter or uh, a percolator. Yeah, and I remember my grandparents had one that was like massive. They had a massive percolator. Oh, yeah. This one's a little, little teeny tiny. It's a it's a Brandani percolator if you can find one nice. on the internet. All right, Jeff, since you chimed in so beautifully, let's go up to space and hear what you got. So... <laughs> 
Well, there that was the cue. Uh, I actually saw this, uh, this. This was on Facebook, and I usually don't pay too much attention. That you know, people sit there and look at videos all day. But this one popped up this afternoon. It was posted on Friday of uh, of last week, and it's this child. Uh, the, first of all, if you wanted to search for it, you could. But we have a, a link in the show notes that'll make it a lot easier for Excellent. you. But uh, Stephanie Wilson, whose five year old son Gabriel insisted every morning at breakfast he wanted to go grab the Hershey's now this is the naturally unsweetened baking chocolate because it's I like chocolate mama and she tried to explain to him no it's it's for cooking it's for mom's use only Mm -hmm. so uh one morning at breakfast he had already grabbed it and was getting ready to take a spoonful and she says hold on since you want to do this let me grab the camera and we're going to video it so she videoed this child this five-year-old who knew what he was getting into took a big old spoonful of that (laughs) that uh, chocolate powder oh and uh, the, the it's just priceless it is hilarious and uh the child of course was not Injured during the filming of the process. But, uh, it's like the cinnamon challenge. Oh, my. Remember oh, that? heavens. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then, uh, you know. You don't remember that? Yeah. Okay, I YouTube do, after do. the show. Well, okay. Well, uh, you know, just imagine blowing cinnamon through your nose because Ooh. you're holding it in your mouth and you don't know what to do with it. But yeah. uh, it's sort of the same, I think. And then this kid is blowing, he's actually snorting chocolate powder out of his nose. But it's, uh, oh, gosh. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's good clean you know what else is yeah. a lot of fun? What's our that? host, our co host. Jason Romero, what you got? It's true. Um, all right, so my pick of the week is uh, I'm also gonna kind of go the, the the food route as well. I told I was telling Kathleen before the show when she was telling me to to do a pick of the week. I was like, I'm really boring. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know anything. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to that side <laughs> of the I don't, pick have, of the week. I haven't had anything anything new. And then I thought about yes, yes, I do. Um, so me and my wife um, for the for the past little bit have kind of been on a um, health kick and trying to um, eat better for not only for us but for our family and so we have discovered um, these awesome chips and you might laugh at me like oh my gosh chips but um, chips that are called siete chips after uh, Spanish for seven um, you can find them at Whole Foods and they're made from cassava flour. And if you don't know what cassava flour is, mm-hmm. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we can't w- help you. Sorry. <laughs> my wife says that it's uh, it's good. Uh, it, it's better than you know an alternative. But it's they're called siete chips. Um, and I can really sit down and just eat a whole bag of them. Uh, they really have, uh, and you know, don't roll your eyes, but they're all organic ingredients. Um, <laughs> you know, it's good for you and everything like that. But I can sit down and eat a whole bag, and they are so delicious. And you can find them at Whole Foods. So I recommend them Siete chips, like the number seven in Spanish. So you should all check them out. It's awesome. Excellent. Oh. We will certainly have. <laughs> The hipster link to that in our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, such judgment. <laughs> Don't you see yeah, what I go yeah. through? Can, can yeah. we experience what I go through? <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, for the past two weeks, I've been um, researching youth ministry and what's going on in our young church uh, with youth ministry and young adult ministry. I found an excellent, um, you know, we have the Synod coming up in October, uh, but I found a an excellent book called, it's kind of worn out. Well, I didn't find it. Olivia Galino gave it to me. Um, It's called The Art of Forming Young Disciples, Why Youth Ministries Aren't Working and What to Do About It. Y'all, we've been doing youth ministry like for the last 30 years the same exact way. Mm -hmm. It ain't working. 30 years ago, not every teen had a a personal, you know, communication device. Right, right. You know, 
in their hands. So, um, so it's really, it's really interesting. I think, you know, when it comes to the church, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to, you know, why and how we're losing people, I think it's important that we look at the facts, that we look at it in, in a real light, and that we stop saying, oh, yeah, youth ministry is, I having a conversation with a, a lady the other day who was a, a, a mom in youth ministry, and she was like, it's great, maybe, where you are, which, mm-hmm. is, which is phenomenal, but, you know, the church as a whole, we got some work to do, mm-hmm. as, as we know, as we've been talking about. So this is a really good book. It, it looks at what, like, you know, just what isn't working and, and mm-hmm. why it's not working. And then it gives some ideas on, on what is working and, and what we can do about it. It's, we got to change. We got to look. We got to stick with the times. The church is inevitably um, a few years behind just because mm-hmm. it's just it's the nature of things. Um, and so we have to take a look at the reality of where we are. So that's my pick of the week. I'll, I have a link in the show notes and you know again, jeff wait, real quick again what is the title and who is the uh, yeah the art of forming author? young disciples why youth ministries aren't working and what to do about it by everett fritz oh okay. everett fritz okay. yeah. i always like to mention that for our folks listening on radio so you're they can so look good. it up a little bit later you're so good and you know what else you're good about jeff uh, what's that you know we're always grateful for our viewers our listeners and our benefactors Absolutely correct, Kathleen. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> uh, and this week, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. There is more information. You can find it at catholicunderground.tv. Yes, indeed. If you'd like the show notes for this episode or if you want to subscribe to our podcast audio, Go to catholicunderground.com. Our panelists this week have been Olivia Galino at OM Galino. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our guest host has been Jason Romero at Jason B. Romero on right. the Instagrams and JasonBRomero.com. Oh, come on. Jason yeah. Bromero. Yes, yeah. indeed. Thanks for being with us. Our technical director, of course, is Jeff Blackwell, jeffblackwell.us or at Jeff Blackwell yes. on Instagram and Twitter. Our research assistant, and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video and graphics director is Ed Ball in the ball pit. You know me. I'm <laughs> Kathleen Lee. Follow me on Instagram at Kaylee626. We hope we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We are Faith Gone Digital. And we'll see you next time.